This episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey began as a luxury day spa in Austin, Texas, and has since grown to include eight locations across Texas and Los Angeles, California, as well as a line of bath, body, and skincare born from the spa. Milk and Honey sources and uses the safest possible ingredients in both their spa treatments and product lines, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. I recently went to their Brentwood location to treat myself to a spa day. In addition to having a wonderful and deeply therapeutic massage, I really appreciated how peaceful and relaxing the spa environment is. The lounge that is available for guests pre and post treatments felt like a little sanctuary and retreat away from the outside hustle and bustle of LA. We are so excited to now be able to offer our listeners a discount at all milk and honey spas, including both LA locations in Culver city and Brentwood. We are even more excited to partner with them to offer a spa package called the courageous wellness retreat, a 60 minute milk and honey signature massage, which is a Swedish massage tailored to your needs focusing on relaxation and stress relief combined with body brushing an exfoliating and detoxifying treatment that uses a natural bristle brush that you get to take home to stimulate your lymph and circulation while also reviving dull skin. And for all our listeners in any location, their online boutique offers products from the milk and honey line and from other top brands, including Osea Malibu, super goop, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, and more. Courageous Wellness listeners can enjoy 20% off your next order at milkandhoney.com and 20% off your first spa service at any Milk and Honey location with code CW Podcast. Visit milkandhoneyspa.com to find a location near you. And if you want to try the Courageous Wellness Spa package at a special discounted rate, use the code Courageous Wellness Retreat to redeem. This is not able to be combined with any other discount or promotion. And you can find all this information in our show notes. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French, and this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Courageous Wellness. We have a wonderful episode today with Sarah 
Finger. And before we get into her formal intro, um, we're going to do our usual weekly updates. So, Miss Erica, I know you've been up to some fun things. Do you have any updates? I I do. I had a really lovely week. I got to see you, which I know you're going to mention in your update. And I ended up spending the night with one of my childhood friends out in Santa Monica. And we just had such a such a fun really refreshing girls night. And I got to go to the milk and honey spot in Brentwood, which was so amazing. I know we talk about them every single week because they are a beloved sponsor of the show. But if you have a spot near you in Los Angeles, we have them in Brentwood and Culver City. They have a spot in Miami and Chicago and throughout Texas where they're originally from. It's a female founded and funded brand. But I I just love the Brentwood Spa so much and the Culver City location. But Brentwood is a little closer to me. And I it, it's just it was it it is one of the best massages I've gotten in LA. And my bones, like I felt so relaxed. I slept so well. I had Jess, who is my absolute favorite. If you are local, go book Jess in Brentwood. She's amazing. Um, And then I got to enjoy like the spa amenities. They had like lavender mint tea and like just spa water. And it was just so lovely. And it's such a luxurious experience at a really good price point because you do get the spa like amenities. Yeah. And it's just as somebody who's gotten it's massages are my favorite indulgence and self-care and it's just, there's nothing like it. So that was really fun. And, um, on that topic, I was able to use, um, like I did a lot of like self-care things like the, that's my update self-care. Um, but my friend who I spent the night at her house, she got a facial steamer, which I'd never used before. I think they're becoming more popular. You can get them for like 20 bucks on Amazon. And I think she said hers was like $35 on Amazon, but you just steam your face for, you know, it's like automated. It starts, it goes off. It felt incredible. And now I need to go buy a facial steamer. <laughs> it was so luxurious and my skin really like soaked it up. And then I used my products afterwards. And one of my favorite products I've been using, and I've used it now for probably a couple months. So I feel like I can give it a pretty good review is it's the Osea Malibu face mask. I have to figure out which one it is. I'll link it in the show notes, but it's an Osea Malibu face mask that I got from the Milk and Honey online boutique. And I think it's the white, yeah, it's the white algae mask and it's Mm. like really hydrating and you can either keep it on for 10 minutes or you can use it as an overnight hydrating mask and take it off in the morning. It makes my skin feel so good, especially I, I know we're in Southern California, so it's not winter, winter here, but it's been really rainy and dry and my, and I have like drier skin this time of year, my skin really soaks it up. And, you know, Osea Malibu is such clean ingredients and I just love it. So those are kind of my updates. Those are the products I'm loving. I also restocked on my favorite deodorant, the baking soda free one at milk and honey when I was there in person. But if you do want to try the Osea Malibu face mask or the deodorant or visit their spas, you can save 20% on all of those things with code CW podcast. Um, 
for your first time and it's definitely worth it. So check it out. All of that is in our show notes and yeah, I'm, I'm definitely yeah. going to buy a facial steamer because that was <laughs> for 20 bucks. Like I love the whole spa thing at home. Like, you know, I think that's the thing, right? You can do a lot at home, but for me, a massage is not something you can you really can do replicate at home. At home. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, what about you, Allie? How's your week going? Yeah, it's good. We had a great in-person work day, which is such a treat because we do a lot, a, virtu- a lot virtually. So it's really nice to kind of be reopening our in-person work days. I think there's just something, I think you appreciate it more when you're actually like with people that you don't get to see in person all the time. Um, And you and I are working on some, I guess I'll like tease some creative projects through Courageous Wellness that we're very excited about. And we look forward to be able to being able to share them with our audience when the time is right. Um, so that was fun. And um, yeah, nothing, you know, it's it's been busy, like back into like the January sort of um, busy, busy feeling. But I've been sleeping really well with the exception of the earthquake last night from we just had an earthquake. <laughs> we were just like jolted awake at 2 a.m. Um, that's the California life. But um, that, that's California life. And it's funny because for anyone listening who's like, don't you guys like live close together? Why are you virtual? L.A. is insane because we literally live on we're we're an hour apart from each other on a good like, day on a good well without traffic and then with traffic you can take LA is insane like if you look at a map of Los Angeles I saw the funniest um overheard LA meme and then I apologize because if you're not from LA you're probably like this is annoying um it basically said it was like someone took an uber from Venice to oh, yeah. Glendale or Pasadena or something and they're like it was I a 250 dollar round trip uber they were like, it would have been cheaper to fly from LAX to like the Van Nuys airport, basically. So anyway, yeah, or um, funny Burbank, yeah, Burbank, whatever, funny yeah. LA traffic humor. So we have, you know, when the pandemic happened, we we've done a lot virtual, but we're really committed this year to doing a lot more in person. So we're very, it was just so nourishing for the soul. And, and we do, yeah. I mean, we do a lot of too, like coaching and corporate coaching events, which is really wonderful. And we're excited to expand on this year as well. Yes. Especially with the in-person component um, after a couple of years doing just virtual events. So we're excited to be back in person. Um, speaking of coaching, if anyone's interested, we, we don't really kind of share this a lot, but we're both graduates of the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. We've both done advanced coursework through them and hormone health, gut health. So in addition to having our own coaching um, practice, if any of you that are listening are interested in that, we also can provide uh, very discounted tuition through our um, referral. So you can just use one of our names if you're interested in getting more information or signing up for one of their programs and you can save quite a bit of money. So, um, or reach out if you're interested as well. So with that, we have a really great episode this week. We should just, I think, go ahead and get to it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so today on the podcast, we are so pleased to have Sarah Plattfinger. She is the director of yoga at Chopra Global and the co-founder of Ishta Yoga, LLC. She received her 500-hour yoga certification in the Ishta lineage in 2004 and was initiated as a yoga master by her husband, Kavi Yogiraj Allenfinger, in 2013. Since then, Sarah has made it her life's purpose to share the authentic teachings of yoga worldwide. 
She helped develop one of the most renowned yoga teacher training programs in New York City that has also now expanded internationally. Sarah believes that the practice of yoga can be used as a microcosm for the reality we create off the mat and that a deeper awareness of our physical, mental, and emotional patterns can bring us closer to the essence of our being. On this episode, we discuss her book, Living in the Light, Yoga for Self-Realization, which she co-authored with Dr. Deepak Chopra. The book discusses royal yoga, an all-embracing path to personal transformation that reaches beyond any approach to wellness and healing that exists today. It also combines a practical 30-day program that will help you break limiting habits and belief systems with an in-depth exploration of 50 stimulating and restorative yoga poses. Deepak and Sarah provide a thorough and inspiring way to unite the mind, body, and soul. If yoga sparks your interest, we highly recommend the accessibility of this book, and you can find the link in our show notes. We are very grateful to Sarah for sharing her personal story, her expertise, and expertise and her warmth with us on today's show. Before we get to today's episode, we want to tell you a little bit about the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Erica and I are both certified integrative health coaches. I have advanced training in hormone health, and she has advanced training in gut health. And we offer health coaching and corporate coaching through the Courageous Wellness Collective. We continued our education and received certification through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. IIN has taken the lead in the health coaching industry from its inception and provides a comprehensive curriculum that combines nutrition, coaching, and business. We loved the program and have had many listeners ask us about continuing their education in nutrition, health coaching, or even just advancing their personal knowledge about food and nutrition. So we are very excited to be able to offer a discount to Courageous Wellness listeners to study at IIN. The program is completely accessible virtually with lectures led by health, wellness, and medical industry experts. To receive up to $2,500 off your tuition, you can use our names, Allie French or Erica Stein, at the time of enrollment to receive the tuition discount. We have also included a link in the show notes that will take you directly to IIN to learn more about their wonderful programs. Welcome, Sarah. We are really excited to have you here today and uh, to talk about your book and about yoga and learn a little bit about you. So just to get us started, can you share with our listeners, can you share a little bit about your personal background and how that led you into the space of yoga? Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me, first off. Um, My journey to yoga, as I suppose for many people who are in this industry um, professionally, um, it originates with a little bit of struggle, to be honest. Um, I grew up as a gymnast, a dancer, very much a mover, um, always using my body in a way um, to as, as a form of performance, I guess, in the sense that, you know, in gymnastics and dance, um, it's very results oriented. And um, I always really enjoyed going upside down and shifting my body in a way that I realize now sort of altered my consciousness. You know, gymnastics, in a sense, was my yoga as a child growing up. I felt things very strongly. And 
through kind of one pointed focus and real deep, deep awareness and attention to my physical space and body, I realized that I was allowing my mind and my big feelings to find a place to land and to be a little bit more um, manageable. Um, as I kind of developed and grew, um, I went to school in Colorado. I um, explored Chinese meditative arts and I discovered yoga, tai chi, pranayama breath work while I was there um, studying not a semester, but what's called a block because the school I went to had a block system. You study one subject for three and a half weeks. At that time in my life, I was feeling very lost, very uncertain, and I delved deeply into these Eastern mystical studies, and it was the first time that I felt a sense of peace inside of myself. And I realized that I needed to go deeper. I needed to delve deeper into this more kind of mystical study. And so from Colorado, I ended up moving to Taiwan, halfway across from where I'm from, which is New York. And um, I, I lived there for three years. Um, I studied the Chinese language. I taught um, children English. I danced a bit and did some choreography. And while I was there, I studied yoga more deeply. And I, um, it was a different style of yoga than what I teach now. There was a blend of Qigong and, and Tai Chi in it. Um, but I had sort of this inner sense that there was something I needed to learn from this. I needed to return back to the United States and delve deeper into yoga. Now, this was in 2003, so that wasn't as ubiquitous as it is now. Um, it was a little bit more esoteric. There weren't a ton of yoga schools, but there was a deep drive within me to go deeper and learn more and get to the source of what this was. And so I ended up returning back to the United States. I had reverse culture shock. I really didn't know um, what was home. <laughs> I felt very confused being back in a space where I had had some struggle growing up, um, but I knew that moving back to Taiwan was not the right thing for me. I uh, entered upon a, a yoga studio at the time. It was called the Yoga Zone, which is just a few minutes away from uh, where I was living at the time. And I took a class and I felt for the first time that I had come home. And I realized that home was right here in my body. And I needed to learn how to establish that safe, um, welcoming space inside of me. And I immediately asked a teacher, what, what is this yoga? What, where can I study it? And she directed me where to go. Um, it was called Ishta Yoga. And um, I did my teacher training. I ended up marrying the person who developed this style of yoga that really quite literally changed my life. Um, we opened a yoga studio together in 2008 and um, in New York City. And then from there, just so many different avenues opened up for me. And it, it really changed my life in quite an, a significant and profound way. Thank you. Your story is so beautiful. And um, there, I have so many questions I want to ask you. But the first that I'd love to ask you is you mentioned something just now when you were sharing your story about how, you know, yoga was really able to help you come home to yourself, find yourself, right? Realize that 
you know, you, that it was all about you, right? You had this, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but right. Like that the answers were in you. And so I'm just curious because I feel like a lot of people are familiar with yoga now, of course, you know, as a workout, as something that can help them stretch out their body, maybe get them into a meditative state. But can you talk about how yoga was able to help you find yourself, come home to yourself? Yeah, I think people start, they find yoga where they are in that moment. And that's why yoga can be so many different things for so many different people. For some, it is a form of exercise or um, a way to, you know, enhance the optimism of your body. Um, For me, I needed to feel something more expansive beyond because I had this history in dance and gymnastics and movement and going upside down was not nothing for me. It was more about what were those subtle, energetic experiences that helped me to feel an essence that wasn't form based. It wasn't something that was that you could put in a container or measure, right? There was no measurement around it. It was just like this free, expansive taste of, you know, I could say consciousness. And that doorway had never opened for me in a way that it opened up through my yoga practice. Um, And the beauty of the practice is that, you know, it, there's never an end to it. It is continuously expanding and um, my relationship to myself is continuously growing and evolving. And I don't, there doesn't have to be a measurement. And I think that was something that was really important to me is finding a space and a practice where there, it wasn't about the results. It wasn't about the results. It was about what is the depth and expansiveness of what you're feeling in this moment. Um, And that's really what I try to teach and what has always been my um, intention. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm curious after, like at this point in your life, when you had that experience and then you maybe start to practice on a more regular basis or explore what a practice might look like for you. Um, what were the ways other than, you know, you explained kind of the bigger concepts of how it can be way more than the asana poses. And yes, many people enter through that, but what were the ways you saw your life change or transform when you started to explore this as a practice for yourself? Mm. I I really think it, it's about, being able to be in your body. You know, we know now so much about the nervous system and trauma and that when we don't feel safe, we don't feel like we can be present in our bodies. That's when we we flight, right? We fight or flee or freeze. Um, and that is not a nourishing way to live. And um, what 
I think the practice of yoga really gave me was the ability to come home to my body and whatever that experience is or was that I'm having in my body. So I, I try and create a home for the anxiety, a home for the fear, a home for the um, rage, right? Whatever it is, it's like all beings, all experiences, all sensations are welcome here. They're all welcome here. And as long as we don't create a duality, right? Or again, a judgment or a form-based measurement around it, we can we can embrace it and feel okay with what is. And it's really about finding steadiness in our bodies. And when we're steady in our body, I think whatever arises within, it can come and you can have the feeling, but it will also subside. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's so beautiful and so important. And I think so many people, I think are we're just waking up to, the way we leave our body, the way we aren't present in our body, the way we, um, yeah, don't want to live in these bodies, right? Which makes yeah. sense considering the amount of, I think everyone has little T traumas, big T traumas, um, and then just collectively, right? Like the culture we live in can sometimes make it really hard to be present in your body at all times. I was listening to a podcast actually this morning that was talking about, you know, so many people don't think that the collective, like, global hunger or poverty have an impact on us, but they do, right? They're all like yeah. impacting our nervous system because we are a part of this society that we live in, whether we think we are or not. So I think having these practices that can help you manage that energetic load is so beautiful. And not only are you a practitioner, but you're you're a teacher and a leader and an author. We're going to get into your brand new book coming out, but you really have become and became a leader in this field. And, you know, a, a, the, the yogi to Deepak Chopra, who you now are co-authoring this book with. Can you talk maybe now about how did that transition happen from, you know, this young woman who was interested in yoga and finding herself and exploring to this teacher and this leader in the field? Mm. Well, I think part of it was my um, my commitment and my dedication, um, not just to the practice, but to um, to my husband, who has been in the field for he's quite a bit older than I am, but he's been in this field for well over fifty, close to sixty years, and um, he has been a leader in yoga and meditation since long before he met me. Um, but in making that conscious commitment to marry this individual, I married into a yoga system. I married into kind of a leadership role, um, became sort of a, a, a leader within that, um, that, that lineage of yoga that, that I was a part of and that he kind of developed. And I kind of re realized that that was a little bit of a, a jump, a leap for me in my career, in my um, spiritual world, in my emotional, in, in all the ways, right? It was just like, I took a leap to this other realm. And, um, but I really questioned 
internally, like, is this what I want? And is this what I'm ready for? And I'll, I'll be honest with you, when I, um, we had a, a partnership when we went into the, the yoga studio that we owned. And um, about three months after my daughter was born, the partnership div- dissolved and I took on the role of taking over these two yoga studios in addition to learning how to be a mom. And it was the hardest challenge of my life. And I questioned like, is this what I want? And there was like a loud, angry voice that was like, hell no, like, what are you crazy? And then there was this like quiet, unwavering voice that was like, I got this. I got this. I can do this. And I really think that since that transition happened in my life, something I I don't know about if either of you are parents or, um, you know, if you've caretaken small ones before, but something happens when you enter into that space of motherhood where you're like, whoa, there's so much more that I can do that I didn't realize before. And, um, and I think having this challenge in my life professionally and personally that I kind of like chose to take on forced me to see that there is potential within me that I didn't know existed before. Yeah. It's always in those challenges where we meet our potential, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I thank you for your honesty and sharing that. And, and, um, I think in whatever capacity it might be, obviously it looks different for everybody who might be listening, but I, when you were sharing about that experience of like the small voice that says, I got this, even though there's like all the loud stuff that's saying you're crazy. Um, I think sometimes it's in those opportunities that can also feel really challenging, but it's in the opportunities that we can um, or not even that we can, but that we do um, expand and yeah. it might, and oh, there's always growing pains, right? Through evolution and and growth, it, it can always feel um, crunchy or uncomfortable, but that's kind of where the the good stuff happens too. And the idea of even, even in motherhood, as you were sharing, or in responsibilities that might feel like you might not have ever known that you could could really f- um, flourish at a certain capacity or handle mm-hmm. a certain amount of responsibility. But it's like not until you're given that opportunity and you step into it where then you build that aspect of yourself. So I appreciate you sharing that little story because I think, um, you know, even if it's, if it's not, the, it's obviously not the same for each individual, but I think we all have these moments where like, the challenge is presented before we really feel ready. And even though we're experiencing resistance and I think that's sometimes where the, like the greatest stuff just happens, you know? Yeah. So friction, right. That the, the friction creates the diamond. It creates the gem. It creates, yeah, yeah. All that beauty for sure. We want to take a quick break from this episode to talk about today's sponsor, Ned. 
If you have listened to this podcast, then you know, I struggle with anxiety. When I first learned about CBD being a natural and powerful solution to anxiety, sleep disorders, muscle pain, headaches, and so much more, I became very passionate about finding the best source to put in my body. Enter Ned. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil is USDA certified organic extracted from USDA certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Paonia, Colorado. And I use the products daily to support my anxiety. And it has been so helpful in everyday life. These products are science backed nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. Right now, we are both really enjoying Ned's brand new product, which has been in development for over a year, the De-Stress Blend. This one-to-one formula of CBD and CBG is made from the world's purest full-spectrum hemp. And check out these ingredients. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. And ashwagandha is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. And the delicious taste of this blend is thanks to the botanical infusion of cardamom and cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic that supports your gut health, a key player in your mental health. And cardamom combats stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Ned's quality also really speaks for itself. Ned's products have over 1,500 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners within the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole, who has been a two-time guest on Courageous Wellness. If you'd like to give Ned a try, Courageous Wellness listeners get 15% off Ned products with code CWPODCAST. Visit helloned.com slash CWPODCAST to get access. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash CWPODCAST to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. A direct link can also be found in our show notes. We are so excited to offer our listeners a new discount to one of the best probiotic supplements on the market, Seed. If you are a regular listener of the podcast, then you know that Allie and I are both very serious when it comes to the importance of gut health and building a thriving microbiome. I personally have been using Seed for close to a year now and have noticed a big difference in my digestion and bloating. I am devoted to taking seed every single morning before food, and I'm really excited to share their daily symbiotic with our audience. The formulation of the daily symbiotic combines a probiotic and prebiotic is vegan and gluten-free and includes 24 clinically studied naturally occurring strains, not found in yogurt or fermented foods and beverages, and lives up to the highest standards for human and planetary health. Yes. And in addition to being a really reliable probiotic and prebiotic supplement, Seed is committed to creating science-based education for all those that partner with them through accountable advertising at Seed University. This is where we are all committed to not spreading misinformation about health on the internet. Pretty important, right? Also, I personally love their commitment to sustainability with a refill system and all recyclable or biodegradable packaging materials. 
Erica and I only advertise products that we use and feel are of benefit to us and by extension could be a value to our community as well. If you would like to order seed daily symbiotics to incorporate into your own gut health routine, go to seed.com and use the code courageous 15 at checkout for 15% off or click on the link in our show notes. So to transition into, um, a little bit about your book that you've beautifully written and co-authored with Dr. Deepak Chopra, who I think probably needs no introduction to, to many of our <laughs> listeners. Um, how did that relationship form between the two of you? And can you share with us a little bit about what inspired you both to create this book? And the book is called Living in the Light. And we're, we're going to talk a little bit more in depth, but I'd love to just hear how, yeah, how that partnership and ultimately um, inspired this book. Yeah, so I started, um, well, essentially what happened is um, Deepak ended up moving about two doors down from where our yoga studio was <laughs> um, in, in um, Greenwich Village, Manhattan. And um, his uh, assistant at the time had reached out and said that he was, you know, had moved into the neighborhood. And I think somebody who was part of our community had suggested our studio to him. And so she, his assistant had reached out saying he was looking for yoga classes, like, how can we arrange this? And he said, like, Deepak Chopra has moved into your neighborhood. And at, at that time, I was uh, very immersed in his work, like had literally just days before shared the book with my husband, like he's right, do hear what he's writing. It's like everything you say, but it's scientifically substantiated. And I got that email and I was like, no way, this is not real. This is like someone playing a joke on us. And I actually did a little research and sure enough, like validated who this person was. We reached, responded back and set up a session. Um, and I started teaching him privately. Um, we met at like 6 a.m. I was living in Brooklyn at the time. I would wake up at 4 a.m., do my yoga, my meditation, take the train in to see him at 6 a.m., then take the train back, bring my daughter to school, then come back in for my day um, at, the, at the studio. And it, for me, it was no sweat off my back. It just like to share the space with him and, um, you know, be in his presence was very inspiring to me. And he was also an extremely dedicated disciplined student. He was very committed to his path to wellness and to essentially reinventing his body, which he did. You know, he went through a massive transformation, um, kind of defied the aging process. And, um, and through our work together, I think just kind of many opportunities opened and blossomed. I think we're both very much people that are inspired by this mission to shift the collective and reach a massive um, number of people through the ancient wisdom traditions of yoga and meditation. Um, I started teaching at the events for his company, Chopra Global, who I currently work for now as the yoga director. And, um, and we just sort of, um, I think, found this rhythm together as, um, you know, not just like 
I never really think of myself as a teacher to him, but as somebody who shares the teachings with him because I learned so much from him. But, you know, we're colleagues and friends and um, I think shared um, people in this world who have a shared mission in what we want to see in the world. Um, and he approached me about the book and um, it was just sort of, I think, you know, Deepak, when he comes up with an idea, sometimes it's kind of out of the ether. Sometimes it's something that gradually, you know, evolves. And this was very much out of the ether, this <laughs> idea he had. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, and I think his kind of the the experience, and I don't want to speak for him, but in my you know, experience of his relationship to the practice really developed and grew through his dedication and finding a practice that really worked with his body um, in his uh, state of where he was in his life and where he is right now in his life. Um, and I think he found this renewed energy and motivation. And I, I think he kind of wanted to share that. He started to re reflect back on a lot of the teachings and the yoga sutras. And that's what a lot about his portion of the book is. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And so now I guess would be a good time to jump into this book. Um, so if you can just share, obviously we want our, our listeners to go read it, but uh, share a little bit about um, about the book, what sort of the mission within it is, something that was really cool, something that Eric and I sort of discussed prior to recording is the structure of it. Um, yes, you know, and it gets into the philosophy and this idea of what living in the light can be. And there's this even um, sort of like this practical, I don't want to call it a quiz, but like an assessment, a yeah. self-assessment that you can do in the beginning of it. But then it's structured in such a way that it really gives like a 30-day framework for people mm -hmm. to, it's a, it's a book that you can interact with and use. Yes. And so um, I guess I would love to explore some of the topics that you go into, but before we even get into that, how did you come upon deciding to create this book, which is a book, yes, and educational in many ways, but also interactive in many ways, a tool? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's really Deepak's kind of genius. And um, I, you know, the practice of yoga very much is <clears throat> that. I mean, often we use for the word yoga, the translation um, from the ancient, <clears throat> excuse me, the Bhagavad Gita, the text, yoga is skill in action. So yoga is itself is an action. Um, so I think it's really important for people to um, do take the action of the practice rather than um, only it's beautiful to the philosophy is never ending and so deep and it's just so rich, right? And it can feed you in so many different ways. And it's really important to have access to that. But it's also really important to do the practice, to take the action of the yoga. So I think that's why, you know, this interactive quality of it is something that um, we found was really important. 
I'm curious too, you met this collaboration is so beautiful and you guys, I'm sure if he was speaking about you would have the same reverence for you as you're sharing about him. And I always find partnership to be so um, beautiful, but especially like you said, with this, like Ali mentioned, no introduction needed, um, you know, global inspiration. Can you share maybe one of the most impactful things you have learned from your relationship with him and even through collaborating on this book together? Um, I think with Deepak, I mean, there's, there's so much, (laughs) but what makes him extraordinary and unique is his ability to, um, manage his energy in such a way that he doesn't, it's a form, this, there's this form, um, one of the yamas we talk about is brahmacharya, which means it's often translated as managing your sexual energy. But we don't really think about, if you think about sexual energy as your creative energy, it's really about managing your creative energy. And of course, that's something, if you look at someone like Deepak, who has written 91 plus books at this point and has been so prolific in his career. Obviously, there's something that he's able to do in the way that he can manage his creative energy. And part of that is not over investing in things that aren't going to return um, to him in some way. They aren't going to give him some kind of either energetic or resourceful or emotional or physical return. And it's a very efficient way of living. It's like you don't entertain the BS or the stuff that's just not going to serve you, right? And it's actually really hard to do that for me. It's very hard to do that because we can overgive. I can overgive or overentertain thoughts, you know, ideas, all of these things. So if you think about how much time we use, um, on things that really aren't serving our highest good or our vision, our mission in the world, um, it's very easy to get distracted and um, to deplete ourselves. And that is something that I've seen in him over and over and over again. He just only focuses on the thing that he knows is going to serve him. And, and it is his highest good. It's not about serving um, strictly on a monetary material. It's serving his dharma, right? His soul's purpose. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. It's interesting that, um, that idea, Erica and I, in addition to the show, the podcast, we have, um, an integrative nutrition coaching practice where we work Mm -hmm. with individuals and sometimes with groups to, you know, events, that type of thing. But something that's been a through line for, um, some client conversations recently, which has been really interesting is it's been in the context of, um, breaking up with diet mentality and, and Mm. diet culture and the grief that has come out for a lot of people in realizing how much time and attention they've feel like they've wasted, especially as women. And when you were saying with women, it's sometimes it's hard. Um, cause we, I think this is obviously a generalization, but sometimes are socialized to give to the point where we're no longer 
fully able to nourish ourselves um, metaphorically and sometimes quite literally. But it's interesting because when you're speaking to that, it's like this theme that's been coming up over and over again in conversation that I've been having, especially with some clients. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay to grieve that because when you realize how much time and energy has been put on that versus on things that you really fundamentally love and care about or are your, you know, is a part of your life's mission for yourself that feels that's, that's feels sad. Like there's, there's a, I think a natural grief, but then it like moving through that, think about how much time then frees up for where you want to put your energy. And so this idea of being really good about using our energy I think it's, it like fundamentally carries out to so many parts, to all parts of our life. And it's, um, it's kind of cool. This, this idea, I think, you know, I think these are big, you, your husband, Deepak, I mean, the whole, this yoga community has, um, committed their, your lives to the exploration of yoga and these ideas. And you could probably do it lifetime after lifetime. As you said, there's no end to the, the depth of it. Um, and I think what's really cool about this book is it's practical and and it's an accessible way for people to start the exploration for themselves too. Um, yeah. And so this idea of living in the light do you want to share with us just like a little bit about what at its core that that means to you um, and what at its core you hope the readers to uh, leave with after interacting with your book? Yeah, um, for me, living in the light is really about living in um, it's, it's really about awakening, right? Um, it's about um, choosing to see. And if we think about the metaphor of lightness versus darkness, you know, when we're in the dark, we can't see with clarity. And not only can we not see with clarity, we don't know where to go, really. You, it's very hard to find your way. Um, you could eventually, you know, but you might bang into things and <laughs> you could um, it possibly injure yourself, right? It just, again, back to this idea of efficiency, it takes a while and maybe you won't even get where you need to go. But when, when we can see with clarity, when there, the light is shining um, on our lives, on our present moment, it's truth, you know? Light is truth. Light is um choosing to be in truth, even if it's hard, right? Even if it's um, challenging and maybe something you don't always want to see, but the light allows us to see and to um, move in the direction that serves us. And it's a very different, everybody's path is, is unique and different. And I think Yoga is an amazing tool to give people to really deeply understand not just their physical body, right? Your physical anatomy. And I share in the asana portion, you know, some different variations of the poses, different ways to come into it and ways in which it can help you to feel at home in your body. 
Um, but it also, you know, shines a light on our patterns, our habits, our feedback loops, our stories, our narratives, all of that stuff. Um, in yoga, we say, you know, the number one cause of our suffering is avidya. And avidya is literally means not knowing, not being in knowledge. And so, and what do we not know? It's not about not knowing, you know, ancient Greek philosophy or, you know, being cultured. It means not knowing who we really are, you know, and who we really are is this, you know, infinite unbounded intelligence you know it's this vastness um that the more we go inward the more we explore and delve deeply into ourselves um the more we understand that and so um i think that's what it's about it's just about getting to that um ocean of intelligence thank you thank you for everything you've shared this has been such a beautiful conversation and we just appreciate you taking the time so much. And as we begin to wrap up, we always conclude with three questions. And so I wanted to start with the first because I'm so curious for you. Um, what is your current self-care routine and what are some of your self-care non-negotiables? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great question. Um, thank you so much for having me again. It's really been a pleasure. Thank you for your excellent, inspiring questions. Um, so my self-care routine, well, my non-negotiables every morning, I do my own practice, um, which you know, I call a sadhana. Sadhana is when you kind of commune with you know, that universal intelligence. So I, I do my asana, I do my meditation. Um, I do have an Ayurvedic kind of ritual, daily ritual that I do called um, Eight Organics. And it's a, a three-step tradition from the Ayurvedic um, Dinacharya, a ritual, which is um, uh, I, I take you eat, sniff, and swish. You take a little beauty jam. You cleanse your nostrils through nausea or um, oil, um, kind of the portion that we call sniff. We cleanse the nasal passages, which helps with your mind to be alert and focused, um, clear eyes. And then I do a portion that's called that's the swish, which is like oil, traditional oil pulling, where you cleanse the toxins from your mouth and your tongue helps with speech and communication. So this three-step process is called Eat, Sniff, Swish. And it's a, a ritual that it's part of my self-care routine that I do in the morning before my yoga meditation in the afternoon. Um, if I meditate in the afternoon or teach in the afternoon, I, I do it then as well. Um, and it really helps. It has all these adaptogens and um, essential oils. And it's really a, an amazing um, a kit to help create balance and vitality. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, the yeah. second question we ask everyone, because we are courageous wellness, um, is what does being <laughs> courageous mean to you? It means doing the thing that is awkward or scary. I mean, that's kind of an obvious. Um, and a lot for me, courageous means um, showing up, showing up in my truth. Yeah. And not trying to manipulate it or um, 
change it to for you know to make it easier for someone else not that i don't want not that i don't want to be kind right kindness is very important to me but courageous is really just showing up in my truth presencing myself in my truth even if that might feel um like it doesn't resonate with other people yeah beautiful thank you so much and the final question we ask is other than your own (laughs) um do you have a book or a piece of content that has meant something to you throughout your journey on any topic that you'd love to recommend to our audience? Hmm. Oh, there's so many. Um, but I guess I keep coming back to the yoga sutras, um, which there's just such knowledge. There's such, you just can't poke a hole in it. Even, you know, 2,500 years post its first dissemination, even going through the pandemic, and I just, I came back to the sutras over and over again. Um, There's one particular version, actually, that my husband wrote. It's called Tantra of the Sutras um, by Alan Finger and Wendy Newton. And there's another version by Swami Satchitananda, the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. I would say that is my body of kind of knowledge and inspiration that I continuously come back to as a roadmap for how to deal with any challenging situation, because there is nothing that potentially doesn't address when you really reflect back and look at them. It's, it's really brilliant. Great. And if anyone wants to find you, follow you, um, maybe study with you or buy your book, where can they do that? Well, they can visit my website, sarahplattfinger.com, or find me on Instagram, as usually my social media of choice. It's S Platt, P L A T T, finger, like on your hand. Um, so, Splat Finger um, is my IG and my Twitter. Um, and they can also visit ishtayoga.com, the website that, um, and Chopra Chopra.com is another um, site that has some of the um, projects I've been working on with Chopra as well. Great. Thank you again so much, Sarah. It was such a pleasure having you today. Thank you so much. Thank you both. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.